0: Four weeks ago, it was January 1st to be exact, we started this new year with a focus on hope. Our goal is, and our goal has been, to rekindle our hope. And the point is that we would remember, that we would be very sure, that we would be confident that whatever the circumstance, however hard it may seem, however bad it may get, However discouraging the day may be, that we have a hope and our hope stands. And so we took up that cause, that has been our mission, that we will be reminded that we have a hope and our hope stands. Well, today it is our fourth and final message in the series, and I want to lead off today by telling you, and I want you to listen very carefully. Are you listening? Today, you can be confident. Today, you can be certain whatever your circumstance is, however hard it may seem, however bad it may get, however discouraging the day may be, we have hope. And our hope stands because, praise the Lord, our hope is in Jesus. And that's how I want to wrap this sermon series up. That's how I want to start this message today. We have hope, and our hope stands because our hope is Jesus. Are you getting that? I hope you're getting that. Our hope is in Jesus. Because of that, our hope stands today. Now, you may sit there and say, well, what about death? And I look around the room this morning. There are some here that have have just walked through that. What about death? Let me tell you something, it's settled in Jesus. And some of you may say, well, what about sin? What about the guilt and the shame of sin? Well, I want to tell you it's been remedied in Jesus. And you say, what about our needs? I want to tell you they're provided for in Jesus. You may say, well, what about the uncertainty? I don't know which way we're going to turn. What about the uncertainty of this day? I want to tell you, we can trust Jesus. And you say, what about the future? What about the future? Friends, it is safe in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus, and our hope stands today. Our hope is in Jesus, and our hope stands today. I'm going to ask if you'd say that with me. Our hope is in Jesus, and our hope stands today. Now, let's say it again this time like you mean it. Our hope is in Jesus, and our hope stands today. I want to do that one more time. Our hope is in Jesus, and our hope stands today. Do you hear that? Today, our fourth message comes not just from one verse. I've preached sermons on one verse before, but from three words in one verse. I've never done that. We're going to have a sermon on three words from one verse. Now, how do you get a sermon from three words? Let me just tell you, get ready, buckle your seat belts, because we're about to do it this morning. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Today, we're gonna look at the first three words of that verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, the first three words. Our message today is entitled, A Time to Rejoice. A Time to Rejoice. I'm gonna ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the reverence of the reading of God's word. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, a time to rejoice. The first three words say this, rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and I'm thankful for this day. And I'm thankful that we can start the day being glad that we can assemble. I'm thankful we'll be able to end this day. I know rejoicing in what went on in this day. Lord, I'm thankful for a Savior. I'm thankful for a rock. I'm thankful for an anchor that holds. Lord, I'm thankful for hope that come what may, whatever the circumstance of life is, that we can hope in certainty in Jesus. Lord, I pray now that you would speak. And I pray that it would be marvelous. It wouldn't be my voice, it would be yours. I pray it would be tremendous. I pray the impact would rattle our very souls. I pray that we would walk out of here as springs of hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Lord, again, I pray that you would speak, that you would lead, that you would direct, that you would convict. And I pray the fruit of that is that there might be some that are saved today, some that do not have hope, that they would find hope in Jesus today. And then I pray that there will be many that are encouraged in hope on these hard days. We love you, Lord Jesus. We praise you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Now let's review this morning. Let's go through where we've traveled. In our study, we have seen, we have an abounding hope. That was the very first week. We have an abounding hope. Our God, Romans 15 tells us, is the God of hope. Now that's a very good starting place. Our God is the God of hope and he gives us an overflowing hope. Now listen to these words. He gives us an abounding hope. Now remember what that means. What that means is no matter the size of the problem, no matter the magnitude of the difficulty, our hope is bigger. Now I want you to hear that. Our God is the God of hope and he gives us an abounding hope. And so whatever the magnitude of the problem is, Our hope is bigger, it is an overflowing hope. So the first thing we see is we have an abounding hope. That's the first thing. The second thing we see is this. We not only have an abounding hope, we have a better hope. We not only have an abounding hope, we have a better hope. Now that week we saw all other hopes are failing hopes, and that's the reality of life in this world. All other hopes are failing hopes, whether it's in your job or your money or your relationships or your health or your circumstances, whatever, all other hopes are failing hopes, and our hope is a better hope. Our hope is a better hope. Now, the reason is because it is a living hope. In Jesus, the Bible tells us we have a living hope. Now, I I want you to, to not pass by that so quickly. That is huge. Listen to that. Let that soak in this morning. Let that get a hold of you this morning. You're sitting here, and maybe the things of life have been tough on you. Maybe the circumstances of life are tough on you. Let that get a hold of you today. We have a living hope. Think about this. Our hope is in the one who is the creator of all things. Our hope is in the one who is the sustainer of all things. Our hope is in the one who comes in grace and in love and takes on human skin and he pays for sin. Sin is paid for in the work of Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the one that comes and dies our death and is placed in a grave and walks out of that grave alive. Friends, as I say that this morning, be sure to understand that is not some superstition, that is real. That is the truth of Jesus Christ, and that is our Savior. He is the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things. He is the Savior of the world. He has defeated sin. He's paid for sin. He's defeated death, and he's walked out of the grave alive. And in Jesus, we have a living hope. Friends, do you know why our hope stands today? It's because our Savior lives today. Now we can spin around and say, oh, this is bad, this is bad. It is, listen. But our hope stands today because our Savior lives today. I'm tempted right here to preach another sermon on a living hope. I'm going to go ahead and finish this one first. We have an abounding hope, we have a better hope, it's not failing. We have a living hope. And then last week, that brings us to we have a residing hope. We have a residing hope. Now, let me just tell you, this one is too much for me. I'm still marveling at this from last week. I never did get over it from last week. Remember with me when we put our faith in Jesus as our Savior, when we trust Jesus for our salvation, the Bible says, in the power of God, Christ takes up residence in us. That's the truth of the scripture. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, Christ lives in us. Now, think about that this morning. If there were ever a reason to have confidence, sure, abounding, overflowing hope, it is the truth. Christ lives in us. Now, maybe you're not hearing that personally If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, listen to me this morning. Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, lives in you. And therefore, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Oh, it's a bad day. Christ lives in us. Oh, these are unexpected situations. I didn't expect this. Christ lives in us. Oh, I'm heartbroken today. Christ lives in us. Now, let me say, that's that's wild. That's, that's, That's crazy. Right now, as I'm up here preaching, Christ is in me. Right now, as you're out there listening, if you're a believer, Christ is in you. We have a better hope. We have a living hope. It's an abounding hope. And we have a residing hope. We have hope. We need to remember that. Coming into this sermon series, I I watch the culture. I watch the world. I can see the news. I can see the things happening around us. I can see the things happening in our town, and I think we need hope. We have to regain our hope. Listen to me. We have hope. We have hope. I'm still thinking about going back and preaching a sermon on the living hope. I won't, I'm going to finish this one first. And so that brings us to today. We have a living hope. That's awesome. So, so that brings us to today. So what do we do? You ever think about that? Oh, they told me that. I don't know that I feel that way. I, I know that. I believe that. I, I don't know what to do with that. What do we do? What does that mean? We have hope. What do do? We do. Well, that brings us to today. Let's go to God's Word. In Romans chapter 12, we find ourselves in this letter that Paul written to the church, to the believers in Rome. He has written a great letter, a deep letter, explaining our faith and explaining our gospel. He has been profoundly, deeply laying it out. Now, if you read that letter, it will tell you sin is our problem. The problem of mankind is sin. In God's grace and in God's love, God himself provides the remedy. That letter tells us Jesus is our remedy. That letter tells us that remedy, Jesus, is received not in religious practice, not in doing something, but in faith itself. We are saved by faith in Jesus. That letter tells us in that faith in Jesus We are justified, we are reconciled, we are set right with a holy God. Now that's only potential and that's only possible in the Savior Jesus and by faith in Him. That's what the letter tells us. The letter tells us though we are terrible sinners, we have no condemnation if we are in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for that. And if we have professed with our mouth what we believe in our heart, we are saved. He lays out the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a sin problem. Jesus and God's grace is the answer. If we trust him and his finished work, we are justified, reconciled, set right with God. We are saved by faith in Jesus. He lays it out and it is is awesome. In chapter 11, he says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Oh, what a glorious gospel it is. Then in chapter 12, he turns and he says, that's the gospel, but here is its impact. He says, that's the gospel, but here's how we live it out as believers. And he starts giving here in in chapter 12 very practical instructions on how to live as followers of Jesus Christ. Very practical instructions on how to walk, live daily as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. Friends, listen, hear me this morning. You can't love the one, the gospel, and not seek to do the other. Romans tells us as believers We seek to live our lives. Now, we need to be listening to this. Okay, you've trusted the gospel of Jesus Christ. As believers, we seek to live our lives. In fact, the word is, we seek to give our lives as living honorariums to God. Now, I don't know that we think about our life that, where you go, what you do, how you speak, how you do business, how you treat others how you live according to the wisdom of God, your desire to know the truth of God, our daily lives are to be given as living honorariums to God. They are to honor and bless God. Well, in chapter 12, Paul's telling us, so here's what that means. Here's what that looks like. You fill your mind with the word of God. You're transformed by the word of God. You give your life as an honorarium to God. And then he gives us a listing of what that looks like. Now, I'm going to read a larger section of verses to get to the context. And then we're going to come back and look at our three words this morning, the three words of verse 12. As we start, and I want you to notice this, as we start, notice these are commands. Now, I want you to see that. These are commands that he's giving us. These are not suggestions. Sometimes I think, well, these are pretty good suggestions. I like two or three of them. I might try them. They're not suggestions. These are not goals to shoot for. Well, it's January. Let's take chapter 12. Let's shoot for that. No, these are not goals to shoot for. These are the commands of God. This is what God is commanding from his followers. Now, I'm going to start in verse 9. I'm just going to read a brief section, and I'm going to go to verse 13. Listen to these commands. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Now the list goes on. There in this list, As part of a greater list, we have these three words. Rejoicing in hope. That's what we're going to look at today. Rejoicing in hope. The command of God, if you've accepted the gospel, if you are indwelt with the Spirit of God, here is your command. You are to be rejoicing in hope. In the original language, it reads, in hope, rejoicing. In hope, rejoicing. Now see this. For followers of Jesus Christ, our biblical mandate is to be rejoicing in hope. Now, I want you to stay with me. Listen to all these words. For followers of Jesus Christ, our biblical instruction, our biblical mandate, our biblical command is to be rejoicing in hope. Now, I want you to be sure here and notice this. The command is not to hope. The command is not to hope. We have hope. We naturally hope. When we know who Jesus is, when we know what Jesus has done, when we know who we are in Jesus, and with Jesus living in us, we hope. The God of hope gives us abounding hope. Listen, that is settled. That is solid. That cannot be changed. That cannot be taken away. But the question therefore is, but are we rejoicing in it? Now that's a lot of words and I want to make sure you got that. We have hope in Jesus. The question is, are we rejoicing in it? Do you know I'm saved? I've put my faith in Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit of God testifies inside of me. Do you know I'm saved and I can't ever be less saved? I'm saved, I can't ever be less saved. Do you know I'm put by faith in Christ in fellowship with God? I wear the righteousness of Jesus. Do you know that robe will never be taken away from me? Oh, I wear the righteousness, I'm robed in the righteousness of Jesus. That robe will never be taken away from me. I have a future. Listen, I have a future. And I want to tell you something, friends. You can take it to the bank. When the dust all settles, when the dust all settles, you can look for me and you will find me in glory in the presence of Jesus. And you can say, well, this and that. Listen, when the dust all settles, you won't have to wonder. You can find me in glory in the presence of Jesus. I have hope. But the question is, will I rejoice in that? That's what the verse is telling us. That's why it's a command. Will I rejoice in that? Now, the Greek word for rejoicing, listen to this. There's several definitions. Here's the Greek understanding. Rejoicing in hope. The Greek word for rejoicing means this, to be favorably disposed. To be favorably disposed, not foul, not bitter, not mean and nasty. Uh-oh. <laughs> if you're following Jesus Christ, you're to have a sweet disposition. You're to have, some of y'all are sliding down in your seats. It means to have exuberant joy. Oh, I have hope and so I have a bubbling over and over, I have an overflowing joy. Now that makes sense. if it gives you an overflowing joy, that you'd be filled with overflowing joy. It means to be delighted. That is your description. How, how would you describe them? Delighted. They are delighted. Another one means to thrive. Plain and simple, here's what it means to be glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. It means to be glad. Folks, we have hope. And because of that hope, we ought to be rejoicing. We ought to have a sweet disposition. We ought to be thriving. We we ought to be glad. You say, well, it's hard. You say, Well, I hurt. My heart is broken. You say it's heavy. It's heavy. You say it's too much. Brother or sister, I say to you, I know. I know. The troubles are real, the troubles are big. And do you now see why that is why our hope is real? And do you now see why our hope is bigger? And now it all makes sense. Four sermons in, it all fits together and it all makes sense. Abounding, better, living, residing hope. Our hope is real and our hope is bigger. Listen, I'd be a fool to tell you your problems aren't real. I'd be a fool to tell you your heart doesn't hurt. I'd be crazy to tell you these things aren't that bad, but I want to tell you something. Our hope is real, and our hope is bigger. That makes perfect sense. Let me tell you what we have to do. We have to get our eyes on Jesus. We have to get to rejoicing. And you're sitting here, and you know what I'm saying. We have to get our eyes back on Jesus. We have to get to rejoicing. I was thinking about, we started with this song. How smart now was that hymn writer? My hope is built on nothing less, not two things, than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. We have to get back with our eyes on Jesus. We need to get to rejoicing. Very quickly this morning, we're about to wrap this up. I want to tell you, here's how we're going to close. I'm going to tell you four things about our hope. This hope, our true hope, trust in Jesus will do four things. And so I want to tell you, we need to get our eyes back on Jesus. We need to get to rejoicing. And then this hope, not a pretend hope, a living, true, abounding, residing hope, this hope will do four things. Let me tell you what it will do. First thing is this. This hope, number one, it will sustain us. This hope will sustain us. Be confident in that. This hope will sustain us. This world is hard. I want to tell you something. Satan wants to take you out. He's not playing games. I've been saying the last couple weeks, he doesn't come to lead us into bad morality. He comes to destroy us. He seeks your destruction and your friends and your families in our church. We live in a fallen world. We live in a sad, sick, hurting world. But I want to tell you this hope our true hope will sustain us. How are we going to make it? This hope will carry us through. The next three words in verse 12 says persevering in tribulation. Persevering in tribulation. Our hope will sustain us. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Our hope will carry us through. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Second thing is this. Our hope, praise the Lord, our hope will change us. Our hope will change us. Now get this, having received the truth of the gospel, having the word of God, and being filled with the spirit of God, there is no way that we can stay the same. Now you ought to start thinking about this. Being filled with the the presence of God, having and being directed by the living word of God, knowing the gospel of God's grace, being saved by faith, There is no way that we could stay the same. And when we know our hope, Jesus, and when we walk in that hope, it will change us. Listen to me. Get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Folks, I want to tell you something this morning. We we need to hear this. We have to get our eyes and our hearts and our hopes up out of the things of the world. You know that? That's what we need to do. You want to know why we're having such a hard time? We have to get our eyes and our hearts and our hopes up out of the things of the world. Most of us have a hard time hoping because we're so polluted with, we're so bogged down with, we're so filled with the things of the world, we can no longer see our hope. Listen, you can't swim in the hopelessness of the world. You can't swim in a hopeless world and expect that you somehow are gonna have hope. Get your eyes and your heart up out of the things of the world and get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Our hope sustains us. Our hope will change us. Here's another one. Our hope will testify to the lost world. Our hope will testify to the lost world. Now, it is no mystery. It is no secret. Our world today, it is hurting. It is suffering. It is struggling. It is drowning. Now, our world does a very interesting thing. It tries to dress that up. It tries to make it look like, hey, that's the fun thing. We try to put pictures on Facebook. We try to present things like, hey, this is a great life. But look, our our world is hurting. Our world is struggling. And try as it may, it can find no hope because it has no hope. And honestly, believer, when we look just like them, and when our hope is not evident, there is no value for our gospel. And so you walk around talking about the good news of Jesus Christ. You walk around talking about, I have a hope in Jesus Christ. And when your life is no different than the lives of the world, when your hope is not evident, they have no value for our gospel. However, listen to me, when we are found not free from trouble, not free from trials, but when we are found in the midst of them, Rejoicing in hope, it is a witness to the lost world, there is an answer in Jesus. Now, we don't get a pass, we don't get lifted out of the hard things of life, but when we're found in those hard things, rejoicing in hope, the world can see there is an answer in Jesus. I want to tell you, oh, that we would rejoice in a way that it would point to Jesus. Oh, that we would go through the course of our days so joy-filled that it would point to Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Fourth thing, last thing. (laughs) It's pretty good. I'll just tell you. Our hope, Woo, listen to this one. Our hope glorifies our Savior, Jesus. Someday you'll be there, and the song says you'll take your crown and you'll throw it down around the glassy sea and you'll sing glory to Jesus. Sometimes you think, Oh, I'd like to praise Jesus. I'd like my life to matter. I'd like to point to Jesus. I'd like my life to have been valuable as it pointed to Jesus. Listen. Our hope glorifies Jesus. Before a lost world, yes, but more than that, listen to me, to him. Our hope tells him, Jesus knows where your hope's at. Our hope tells him, Jesus, I trust you. Our hope tells him, Jesus, I love you. Our hope tells him, Jesus, I look to you. I I hope in you, Jesus, because you're the only one that's worthy of hope. You're the only one that created me. You're the only one that loves me like you do. You're the only one that died to save me. There's not been another. You're my only savior. You're my only king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Oh, my dear Jesus, I hope in you and you are worthy of my hope. You are worthy of our hope. Friends, get your eyes on Jesus glorifies him, it worships him, Jesus, I don't know about this world, but I know about you, I don't know about the future of this world, I know my future in you, I don't know what what they're proclaiming is truth here, it doesn't sound right, but I know the truth that's in you, our hope glorifies Jesus, and he is worthy. Here are the responses. Four sermons, one month. Here are the responses. There's two responses. First response is this hope in Jesus. Hope in Jesus. If you're here and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to find hope because you have no hope unless you have a relationship with Jesus. If you're here and you've never trusted Jesus, I want to tell you, He is your hope, He is your peace, He is your truth, He is your way, He is your Savior, He is your Redeemer. Trust in Jesus. If you're here and you've never trusted Jesus, trust Jesus today. Trust Jesus today. He died paying the price for your sin. He is your gracious Savior. If you will trust him for your salvation, he will give you his robe of righteousness. You'll be reconciled to a holy God. Friend, trust Jesus today. Trust Jesus. So the first response to these four weeks is hope in Jesus. Second response to these four weeks is hope in Jesus. Hope in Jesus. What I mean by this is this. If you're here and you've trusted Christ, I want to tell you, friend, it's time to get your eyes out of the crud of this world, to quit aligning your heart with the cruddy things of this world, and to put your hope in Jesus. It's time to quit fluttering around, wondering about what if, what if, what if, and say, you know what? I have security and peace in Jesus. Hope in Jesus. And I want to tell you, the result of all of that is this. We will together rejoice. And I'll tell you, when you get to the point that you go, you know what, my hope's in Jesus. And that is sure and it is settled. We can together, we can sing praises to Jesus. We can shout praises to Jesus. We can turn out of this building and we can carry the name of Jesus High and lift it up for a lost world to see. Hope in Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come, and I am amazed. And I am thankful. You are our hope. A living hope. A true hope. A real hope. The one that loved us so much he paid for our sin debt in his own suffering and blood. The one that's so powerful that you walk out of the grave alive and victorious, a living hope. And so I come today and tell you, Lord Jesus, my hope is in you. And I tell you, our hope is in you. And I pray, Lord, that we, we would get our eyes and our minds and our hearts out of the discouraging, defeating things of this world and we would put our eyes upon you. The author and the perfecter, praise the Lord of our faith. Lord, I pray for some that do not know you. And I pray as this, as this world stomps in on and as Satan comes to destroy them and lead them astray, cloud them in darkness. Lord, I, I pray that they would find the truth, that they would hear the truth some this very day. Pray that any hindrance to that would be removed. And I pray that today they would trust in you for your namesake, for your glory. Lord, I pray for us as believers, as a people, as a church. I pray for myself as an individual. As I start looking at all the things that I can count as a defeat, all the things I don't understand, I pray, Lord, that I would raise my eyes up and I would look to Calvary. I would look to the victor of of that cross, Jesus. The risen lamb, the standing, reigning king. And I pray, Lord, that I would walk in hope and I would lead my home in hope. And I would lead this church in hope. And I would go to a lost world and I would tell them witnessing in hope. And I pray, Lord, that that would be multiplied again and again and again and again. People filled with hope. Lord, we tell you today, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. I'm thankful for you, King Jesus, our living, abounding, residing, blessed hope. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We're going to finish our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And if you're here and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you there's an opportunity this minute. God's grace is offered to you this minute. His His grace is offered in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says we've sinned, all of us. We're hopeless, despairing, dying, perishing in that sin. The Bible says Jesus comes as the perfect Lamb of God. He pays for our sin there. It is settled in Jesus. He's put in a grave. The payment is paid in Jesus. He walks out of that grave Easter Sunday morning. He stands as the risen Savior. The hope of sinners, if you'll trust him right now, he'll save you. If you've never done that, do that this morning. If you need more information, you come. Let's settle that this morning. Let's take care of that this morning. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it. And I want to tell you a part of this hope is you need a people that push hope on you that surround you with hope, that speak hope, that remind you of hope. And that's one of the blessings of the church. If you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it, I believe God's led you here. You come and together we'll stand on our hope, Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've made a decision for Christ, but you've never fought on believers' baptism, a testimony to the hope we have in Jesus. You come as well, not as part of your salvation, but in testimony to our Savior of that salvation. You come and it'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're here and you want to come. This month closes out. Here we go, New Year. Maybe you want to come and you want to pray at an altar in humility and say, God, you never left us. You never have forsaken us. Your word is still true and your wisdom is still infinite. Your grace is still poured out, compassion every morning. And I want to thank you and I want to walk with you and I want to rejoice in that hope. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about or head for an exit I, pray, I ask that you would pray for those that are making decisions. If God has spoken to you in this time of decision, if, if God has spoken to you, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here. You come on I'll meet you here.